Praise down the Thanks only to it. the uh, the podcast that we've been doing recently. I'm Heath Huffman. I'm Alex Sanchez. <laughs> really good intro, Heath. Thank you. <laughs> do you want to do one, and we'll just pick which one's better? <laughs> sure. Uh, welcome to the Praise Down, the only secular podcast that's not Christian. I'm Alex Sanchez, <laughs> and I'm Heath Huffman, and this is. <laughs> Alex's intro. One of those, and only one of those, will make it to the cutting room floor. Uh, uh, today we've got a we've got a long anticipated guest. Is that correct, Alex? I would agree. Yeah. Uh, we have Suzanne Wade, who knows our friend Dan, <laughs> and mm-hmm. is uh, you are a Methodist minister as well, right, Suzanne? Yes, I am. It's great to meet you. Uh, yeah, we haven't spoken have until this recording. Uh, we all disclose that we're pretty nervous. So uh-huh. we're uh, we're just gonna uh, start breaking the ice here. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go find uh... talk the walk. Welcome to talk the walk, the part where we walk the. Oh, it did it again. Oh, it's 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 done it a couple of times. So welcome to talk the walk two times, two times over, twofold, double the fun. Double mm-hmm. the fun. The two folds, none, none, the sixpence richer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're uh, going to do the journey some... of a thousand miles is about to begin with two steps here. That's right. Uh, we're talking the walk. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne, tell us about your walk. Um, well, that's like I know. A just big open ended question there. Yeah, uh, we like it that way all over the place. Um, sure. I, I think that, you know, I was raised in the Methodist church. I have mm-hmm. um, Methodist uh, books of discipline from the early, from the late 1800s, early 1900s, because that's how wow. far back uh, Methodism goes in, in my family. And so now uh, what, it, now what is a book of discipline? That is um, the Methodist church. They like method and order. Um, mm-hmm. It's the name Methodist. They got made fun of because they liked so much order and methods that they were actually called Methodist because that was oh. a bad thing. Oh, oh it was okay. sort of, they rec- they took it back. It was like a, yeah. it was a, yeah. an own against yeah. them. And it then is. they were like, you know, what, we'll just take it. We'll just take it. We'll, we'll make yeah. it, you know, badass. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. good. Um, yeah, yeah. You're so, reclaiming a term. Yeah. Yeah. Reclaiming a term. So it's, um, you know, it's a, uh, been a part of my family tradition for a long time. Um, I, you know, it's what I was raised in, you know, from the time I was little and coloring under the pew um, (laughs) uh, until, you know, uh, I went through confirmation at the age of 12. um, Yeah, me too. Hey, we can like ask the hard questions and this is kind of fun because I can remember 
when I was a kid, they gave me the Bible in third grade and I started reading it. And, you know, cause like, Hey, it's a book. You gave me a book. I'm supposed to read it. Yep. I got through Genesis and that was like kind of cool. And then you get to like numbers and Deuteronomy and all these books that you're like, starts to really slow down. And so I got to the book of judges and all of a sudden I'm finding these really cool stories. So I found this story of Deborah and Jael, um, which is in judges five. It's an awesome story. Um, basically, uh, the, I can't remember the general's name that was Deborah's general, but he didn't want to follow what a woman told him to do. And so he said, if Deborah wasn't going to go with him, then he wouldn't go. And God said, well, the victory is going to be given to a woman. So the general from the opposing army goes to, winds up in the tent of this woman named Jael. And she realizes that he's the enemy general. So she welcomes him in. She gives him some milk and she says, here, I know you're tired. Lay down and take a nap. And while he's lying down to take a nap, she goes out and she gets the tent peg from outside and she comes back in and she drives it through his skull. Story, right? Very Ooh. cool story. So my problem wow. is that's a uh, I know it's an awesome story. And so I closed the Bible. I go to Sunday school the next Sunday and I said, I found this amazing story. And I go through the whole thing with my Sunday school teacher. And she looks at me and she says, there's nothing like that in the Bible, which the Bible's full of stuff like that. Yeah. The Bible's cool. It is. It's cool. There's all sorts of sex and violence and all this stuff that goes on in the Bible. Yeah. It's Um, like Dune. It, yeah. yeah it's it's a lot like dune alex <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how i would describe it just like dune yeah. <laughs> um and so um you know anyway i got to confirmation and then we were able to ask all these hard questions right and mm-hmm. so after confirmation i go to youth and they're like here have pizza and the guy who like was never popular in high school, but wants to be popular with all the kids now is going to play the guitar. And it was just very clicky. And so like during high school, I just, I went to church, but I was like, this is lame. And so, you know, I really kind of like (laughs) stepped out of it all together. (laughs) And so when I went to college, um, I started dating a guy, um, my first long-term gay boyfriend, I can say that because, you know, he's come out now. And uh, we, he and I started going to uh, the campus ministry that was the Wesley Foundation. And um, we like got to know a lot of people there. We were able to do like, you know, get into Bible studies by probably my second semester there the leader had asked me to start leading a Bible study, which was kind of cool um, Cool. because I'd never really done that. And so I was leading a Bible study for women. And, you know, I kind of had start, you know, I started feeling my call to ministry actually in confirmation first. And then I was sort of feeling it again. And people would say to me, well, how are you going to be a minister? You know, this was in the nineties still. Mm -hmm. Um, How are you going to be a minister? Because, you have boobs. How's this going to work? You know, you're not supposed to be a minister. Aren't you supposed to be silent in the church? And rather than like avoid that, I decided we're going to hit that head on and we're going to look at it and see what the Bible really says. And so I found this amazing book that um, I think may be out of print now, but it's what Paul really said about women. And so we went through it and it goes into the Greek and like, um, when Paul Good. women to be silent in the church, 
it's the only term for silence. I mean, for not speaking, that means don't chit chat. And so um, when you- That's so it, funny. Isn't it? <laughs> and, and like in Corinth, um, their idea of worship was like to go to the temple and engage temple prostitutes, right? And right. women in Corinth, you either, your role was to either be a prostitute or to stay home half naked waiting to nurse. And if your husband decided that he wanted to have another child to be there waiting for that to occur. And so when the church said to women, come be part of this, come listen, women had never really been to any sort of gathering where they sat and listened. And so they would start chit-chatting. And so Paul said that to him. And he also said, if you have a question for your husband, wait until you get home. Because all the women sat on one side and all the men sat on the other side. And so if a wife didn't understand something, frequently she would just yell out a question to her husband. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. that out. sounds very Greek to do, honestly. Yeah, and yeah. so, you know, that was the thing was Paul was trying to describe how do you have orderly worship? Um, and he goes on in Corinthians to say to women, now when you're leading the worship, don't wear your hair down like you're willing to have, sex with somebody but played it up so that they know that they're not supposed to focus so much on on your gender mm-hmm. but like on a, what you're saying like so, a mohawk or something get yeah, it up like there. a yeah. mohawk yeah. <laughs> it, it, a it beehive maybe the taller the better with this hair the taller, stuff the better exactly <laughs> yeah. yeah i knew two guys in college that were both like over six three and they had probably 12 inch mohawks yes you know the whole elmer's glue gel Mm -hmm. hairspray treatment that's just called playing to your strengths i think not distracting at all yeah Yeah, good but you know it was through just hitting that head on that i really honestly i fell in love with paul and the letters of paul and and i really think there's a thing that i call poster board theology where people take a verse out of context and they yeah. slap it on a poster board to use the way they want to use it. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Paul, perhaps more than anyone, uh, his writings get victimized by poster board theology. Uh, they're memeing Paul too much. Yeah, yeah. they meme Paul too much. Yeah, um, it's easy to know, do. Meme theology is, I guess, what it really should be now. <laughs> I need to, yeah. need to update my language there. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> But, you know. Yeah, they're taking stuff Paul said, putting it over a picture of a minion. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And the minion's <laughs> yeah. looking looking sassy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Garfield maybe is saying it or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tweety Bird is there. Tweety Bird. Yeah. Oh, Tweety Bird is a classic meme. Bernie mm-hmm. Sanders sitting in his chair with the movies <laughs> being very dismissive. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. There you got it. But then I actually, I went into the ministry and served, oh, 25 years. I've kind of like, I mean, you never really stopped being a minister, but I stepped out of church ministry a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll tell you one of the bad things about working in the church, it's like working in the sausage factory. Yeah. Oh. Once you learn how the sausage is made, it's a lot harder to enjoy it. Very disillusioning. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. So, yeah. Alex, Alex has family uh, that 
did church a little bit knows about that yeah my mom was a children's pastor yeah yeah it makes you it makes you sad about the way the church Mm -hmm. operates and then also the way people are with their kids yes yes (laughs) yeah yeah and you know um i actually i worked a lot in children's ministry Mm -hmm. i fell into it because we moved to uh, austin texas largest college town that there Mm -hmm. is right Mm -hmm. um and i was thinking i was going to have a job in campus ministry i applied for i don't know how many jobs probably 35 plus jobs nothing 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 we moved to austin texas our rent was eleven hundred dollars a month this is in 1995 wow yeah everybody who was moving to austin was coming from california so you know it was crazy and we had a thousand dollars in the bank and it was yeah. like, how are we going to do this? But Dan was starting uh, his math. It takes a lot of money to keep a place like that weird. I know. It does <laughs> take a lot of money to keep a place like that weird. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, Big upkeep so, on Austin. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we got down there and like, I basically went to the district superintendent who's like, he's the person that like, oversees all the ministers and I gave him my mm-hmm. resume and pretty much threw himself at, threw myself at his feet saying anything you can do and the next day I got a call from a minister and he said we've been looking for a children's minister would you be interested well, and I was like children I love children <laughs> this would yeah. be great and that's really where I spent most of my ministry um, exactly mm-hmm. and you know I think for me uh, my big thing with children is, has been, don't ever teach anything that has to be untaught, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and yep. children are whole people, you know, a, a children isn't, yes. a child isn't half a person, you know, so I think sometimes a lot of what we do with children uh, treats them like they're stupid and they're yep. not, you know, um, just like me as an eight-year-old getting so excited about that story of Jael. Um, yep. And I do have to say, like, when we give Bibles to the kids and in third and fourth grade, when we're teaching about how to use the Bible, I would always direct them to Judges 5. I was like, if you want a really cool story, go read this story. Yeah. And we would teach them, like, how to use the concordance and, like, how to find how many times the Bible has the word vomit in it. <laughs> Do you cool. want to go read all the vomit stories in the Bible? You know, it's just, it's, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's, it's all about approaching them, you know, and engaging them in age appropriate ways um, and teaching them to be critical thinkers of the Bible and what the church says to them. Um, Good. So that, they know it's safe to ask the questions when they get to the point where they realize, Hey, a lot of these adults are full of crap. Um, it's yeah. not going to be something that's as devastating to them, you know? And I will have to say one of my mantras that I had most of the time I was working in the church and I still believe this is grownups are stupid. You know, yeah. there's a difference for me between an adult and a grownup. You know, when you're an adult, you take responsibility, you realize, hey, I don't know it all. But a grown up feels like I have to have the answer. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I guess, been my walk. And, and there's, you know, I just have struggled a lot along the way. Um, sure. In what ways do you think? Well, I had uh, 
cancer at a very young age. I had brain cancer. Whoa, no. Whoa. Yeah. How, how young are we talking? Uh, 27. Whoa. Yeah, so oh. I had a- That'll uh, do it. Yeah, and um, right before I was diagnosed, uh, my college roommate and best friend passed away from breast cancer. Um, no! Yeah, and so, you know, it was that's really terrible. hard. It, it, was, it was a tough time, but- Yeah, that sort of thing is hard. And, you know, she was from a church that was a pretty conservative church. And so they had the big spiel of, you know, if you pray hard enough, God will right. free you, which is crap. Um, and, you know, they- It makes it feel like stuff that happens to you is your fault. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, it, it makes it feel like, you know, that whole thing there, but for the grace of God, all that crap. Right. It's like- Oh, so like God's grace falls on particular people and not on others. Um, mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm a lot. I'm going to try to stop that. Pretty, no, it's okay. No, that's half of what we say. You're good. We're, po- we're podcasting. Okay. It's um city, you know. <laughs> so anyway, she kind of like was able to like shake that. And I feel like really received kind of a healing you know, before she died and the fact that she was ready for it, you know, prayer gave her the strength to be ready for it. And prayer was something, people praying for me was something I valued greatly when I was sick. And I saw God walking with me in all of that. Um, But I went a whole year, almost two years when I couldn't pray. I mean, I just couldn't. It was like, what (laughs) what you know and it's hard to talk to someone when you're mad at them well and it i mean it even i I wasn't like mad i mean because i never really had a why me i had more of a why not me but yeah 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 you know Mm -hmm. um but you know madeline my daughter she was like two um when it started and um you know so it, it just there was a lot. I mean, I could do like a whole, a whole talk the walk just on that journey alone. Wow. Sure. It just, it was one of those things that was really crazy. And I discovered a lot more about God in the process. But the biggest thing that I discovered was kind of what I said with Nancy. I was sitting there the morning before my brain surgery, it's five o'clock in the morning. And I have these little lifesaver things all over my head so that they could match up where my skull was to the map that they'd made of my brain. Um, I wound up going to San Francisco and the brain surgeon who did my surgery was one is one of the top five surgeon brain surgeons in the world. I mean, good. Yeah. Mitch Berger is his name and he's just amazing. He's like the keynote speaker like pretty much a brain surgery conference that there is. And um, he's still rocking it out all these years later. Wow. He actually played for the, in the NFL for a while. What? Oh, that's how you get a passion for fixing brains. Yeah. He was with the (laughs) Chicago bears and he said that he decided he wanted to crack skulls in a different way. And so, (laughs) but the other thing is the man's hands are like as big as my head. You know, when you see that and you're thinking about a brain surgeon, you're like, how is this going to work? But he had like, they just, they had created a way that they could map 
where my neuron pathways were so that they were able to leave the neuron pathways that controlled the left side of my body intact while Whoa. taking out the tumor. And Whoa. so I ended up losing basically all of the sensory processing part of my brain. Um, Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But my, so like the rest of my brain like had to like rewire in order to figure out how to process what I was seeing. And it did mm -hmm. it automatically on its own, that one. Um, but I still wow. like have problems with like a lot of my senses and making sense of them. Yeah. Um, especially like when I'm going through other things. So like, I have to think about like, what clothes am I going to wear? How do they feel? Am I going to get overwhelmed by the feel of them? A couple of weeks ago, I could oh. not stop processing the fat, the, the feel of the roof of my mouth. It was, oh. like, you know, so it's like all these weird things that came out of it. But I was sitting there the morning before my surgery. That's and fascinating. Yeah, it is. Sorry, crazy. I'm just thinking about the, I'm now, the I'm now thinking stuff. about yeah, the I'm really thinking about all of that. Like, now. you're going to start yeah. thinking yeah. about that. And it's like one of those things that we're just not aware of. But when you have a sensory processing issue, yeah, you, you just can't stop thinking about it. And I would love to hear that put into like words at some point. Sorry. But uh, uh, never mind. Go on. <laughs> did your but, favorite food change? Yeah. Um, oh, good question. Does I had always right? had like sensory issues with some things that I ate. Um, it doesn't. It for whatever reason, taste is not so much processed there. Um, mm -hmm. huh. And it, and I don't know. It I guess goes through another part of the brain. It um, is another sense, I guess. But but um, but the texture. I'd always had an issue with like water chestnuts, things that it feels like you're chewing on a chalkboard. Do you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Oh. It, and it makes those squeaky sounds. I, I haven't been able, and like, that's more When something's extreme. like too starchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, squeaky crunchy, you know? Mm. Interesting. Um, yeah, but, that's a that's a really unique one, luckily, so. Yeah, it is. It's a unique uh -huh. one. It's easy to leave it out. Yeah. Um, so, uh but you know it it was an interesting journey and that morning when i was sitting there my big fear like i knew that i probably wasn't going to die because dr berger's success rate was like high 90s you know pretty um, good and i knew if yep. i did roll those dice that's right roll those dice um i knew if i did i would be okay do you know what i mean yeah um but my big fear that it was that i would wake up a different person yeah and then I would like feel different about my daughter or Dan, you know, that whole, like, how, am I, you know, will Loss I not of self? Yeah. Will I not be funny? Will I not appreciate humor? You know, because like twisted humor was the only way I got through it all. Um, yeah. You know, uh, mm -hmm. for a long time, my email address was cracked cranium. Um, right. After my surgery. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, I, I sat there and I was so worried and my cousin had given me a rosary the night before. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was like the first one that his priest had made for him. And I was like sitting, wow. there, this is amazing. And you know, you do the Lord's prayer and you do the apostles creed, but when you go around the Rocky fought that guy, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. yeah, that's exactly right. Apostles' Creed. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. 
Yes, that was exactly right. Uh, but when we got to the Hail Marys, I'm sitting there going, Hail Mary is a football play. I don't know how to pray a Hail Mary. But I started The, the football people. guy worked on your brain. That's why That's yeah. right. that happened. See? Yeah. It all fit together. So mm. he was He put all the plays in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I started naming the people that I knew were praying for me. And I went around the chain four times. Wow. And when I got wow. done, I was like, I can do anything. You know, so I feel like the healing power of prayer is really that, that massive force of prayer yeah. that gives us the strength to face whatever we have to face. Um, you know, I, I, I'm open to the fact that there are miracles, you know, Yeah. but I, I didn't pray for a miracle, if that makes sense. And I don't yeah. really pray for miracles. I pray for people to have the strength to face whatever they have to strength. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, brain surgery was fun. And I love to tell people, yeah, for eight hours, a part of my skull was laying on the table. <laughs> well, they were good. just rooting around in my brain. And they even like I stopped the surgery for like 45 minutes with my skull open and everything because he hit a tricky part. And so he went and talked to the team. They had a huddle mm -hmm. <laughs> and they decided uh -huh. how they were going to, what play they were going to do. And they came back in. And what do they that. do? Is there someone, it, cause there's no, what, do they like, just like put a towel over it? Like, cause what do they just leave it open? Is there someone like misting it with water? Your open brain? Like I feel like some kind of maintenance needs to be done yeah, to the they, brain while it's hanging out. They put well, you, you at know, a grocery store watering case. Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> I don't know. I frequently like I wrote a poem once about, you know, what what did you see when it came out? You know, when you crack my yeah. cranium, what sound did it make? Like do thoughts come flowing out? What, you know, it's just it's a wild life that I've lived since then. Yeah. You know? mm -hmm. So and then I had radiation and chemo and mm -hmm. so um and People like would tell me, you know, I got really, really uh, anxious with my radiation because like when you do radiation to the brain, they have to like use a mask and like basically strap your head to Ooh. the table so that you won't move at all. Um, and, and like when they made the mask, you know, I've had, oh, I don't know, close to 60 MRIs, never had a problem with uh feeling what's the word claustrophobic yeah but when they made that mask it was like oh god how am i gonna do this for six oh, weeks oh do they oh, like pour wow. how do they do how do they make the mask it's like a like a liquid mesh okay yeah and then they like strap it onto your face so that it molds to your face i had it for like the longest time but um then when we were trying to move our stuff after the fire we had this year wound up just sort of disintegrating because it was like well, 20 plus years old. Um, wow. So, but it, um, I had to, you know, every, my, I went to one of the cancer therapists and she was like, imagine that you're on a rock and you're sunbathing. And I was like, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to do this. So <laughs> no. when they would put me on the table, I would see, um, hit me with your best shot yeah. in my head and then, um, I would imagine little nuclear bombs going off inside my head, just killing the cancer. And that calmed me. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That'll you work. Know? That'll work, Everybody's I guess, huh? Different. Perfect. Yeah. You know, visualization yeah. is not a one size fits all. Just like a walk is not a one size fits all. Prayer is yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's you, why it really annoys me when the work. church is like, here's the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We found the one way to do it. We found the one way. Hey, Save good news, everybody. We, we, figured <laughs> out, we figured out how to do it. All right, buckle down. We're going to get into some tune talk. Right now. Welcome to Tune Talk, <laughs> the only the only segment where we talk tune. Uh, I'm your host from before, and uh, Alex is also your host from before. Suzanne, uh-huh. what are we? What tune are we talking today? Well, I brought um, a variety of tunes. Sort um, of a smorgasbord. It's a smorgasbord. Um, mm, you know, the kind of uh, sort of reflects, I guess a little bit of my spiritual journey and just kind of the unexpected ways in which we like with how God's grace really works. Um, cool. I'm not a huge Christian music fan. Sure. Um, there's, there's some that I like. I mean, I like the David Crowder band. That's one of the songs that we'll be talking about is from David Crowder band. Um, but you know, I don't know if you guys know what the pink songbook is. Um, there used to be like get this like, party started and stuff. No, like, no. Like years ago, there was a pink songbook that was like the cheesy praise songs that everybody Ooh. did when okay. praise music was really starting out. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and uh, I don't know, like the whole. Um, Rich Mullins theme. I know you guys already yeah. talked about our God is an awesome God, which yeah. I was mm-hmm. really sad that I couldn't bring my top tat and my cane today to talk about how God put on the Ritz. You know? Wait, 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 wait. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yes, that's the first line. How God's putting on the Ritz. In- <laughs> and it's sort of like, oh, I can just see God doing that. Uh-huh. <laughs> dancing his little dance as he makes the world. Um, but these are songs, the first one um, is like, these are songs that are classified as secular, but in some ways I think are a lot more sacred than people realize. Um, the first one is one of the ones, you know, when I talked about that time during high school, when um, I just was like, I can't deal with this. You know, one of the song, one of the albums that I listened to every day on the way to school, you know, this is like when classic rock stations were first starting and um i had a 1982 white buick regal so it was like a tank almost you know yeah and i had had the my tape deck stolen out of the car twice Mm -hmm. so i had like a boom box that was on the seat beside me in the passenger seat and i had a cassette tape of the breakfast in america album by super tramp oh listen to that every day and um, the first song that we're going to listen to is Lord, Is It Mine by Supertramp. And it's off of that album. And this song, I think in many ways, uh, saved my relationship with God. Wow. Say, what was the song again? Lord, Is It Mine. Lord, Is It Mine. Mm-hmm. This is Lord, Is It Mine by Supertramp. Tramp. 
There we go. Is this a Christian song? Do you know about the backgrounds of, of the members of Supertramp? I don't know about the backgrounds of the members of Supertramp. And I don't know that it's Christian per se, but it's definitely holy. Yeah. Many times it seems that you're the only hope inside. Is it mine? Oh, Lord, is it mine? So what, what okay. memories do you have with this song? Um, just, I think seeing it over and over again, just in that time, you know, when you feel like nobody understands you. Yeah. And just, you feel lost and, and there's this part of you that you want to be alone, you know, but you just want something that's yours. Some, a place oh, yeah. where you can you can just be calm and and find that light you know yeah uh -huh. something that feels like it's for you in a time when right. nothing and feels safe. like it's for you right yeah. that kind of safe space um, so i think that's why it just resonated with me so much and this is a song that um, i have played many times over in like teaching sunday school That does hit when it hits. Yeah. We notoriously on this uh, podcast, it's hard to get me to care about a piano. But boy, oh boy. <laughs> yeah, Alex, what's your current like instrument bottom five? Piano, uh, acoustic guitar. Um. Triangle. <laughs> okay. Where are you on That's cowbell? three. Cowbell. I kind of like. I think it because it a triangle. There's too much resonance on it. A cowbell doesn't mm -hmm. overstay its welcome. <laughs> a cowbell. <laughs> sure. A cowbell's okay. just a. It just boom. comes in there and makes its point. Yeah. A triangle will hang that. out all day. <laughs> Wow, I, I remind me not to introduce you to a tuning fork. <laughs> yeah, wait till this guy hears about gongs. <laughs> I do like gongs. Two they don't more. resonate too much for you? No, because I think it's funny when they do. I think a triangle will sometimes try and... Uh, try and hit itself during the middle of another song a gong you're pretty much never gonna get that it's gonna it's always like a big deal when the gong is in play uh it, it does a good job of letting gong you know when the song is over you know right yeah it's like a palate cleanser for the next <laughs> song mm -hmm. like the, the sherbet in between the courses 
Yeah, yeah. It's uh, just etch a sketch your your music experience and yes. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought that song was really good. Uh, I haven't listened to this album in a while. It's one of my dad's favorites, that's for sure. Uh-huh. I gotta I gotta get back into it. Uh, what else? Yes. Give us give us another one. Um. Okay. Uh, the next one we're gonna jump around a little bit. Um, Please. Let's do closer to fine by the Indigo Girls. Um, you know, this is one of those like iconic songs. If you don't think so, you're just wrong. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I will lay okay. that gauntlet down. Okay. I'm trying to tell you something about my life. Maybe give me insight between black and white. So what history do you have with this song personally, Suzanne? Um, this is one of those songs that really kind of resonated with me in college. Um, it's a song that frequently, like when we were at retreats and stuff, that we'd like, my friend David would like have his guitar and we'd like sit around the uh, campfire and yeah. the Indigo Girls. And I, I love the Indigo Girls because, yeah, they are very strong Christians. Do you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Um, they're a... Uh, um, one of them, I can't remember if it's Amy or Emily. Her dad is a Methodist minister. But oh, I think I didn't know about this. See, but the problem is when they were coming into the music industry, you know, coming out of Athens, um, being gay and being in the church was very much mm-hmm. still is very much something. Yeah, yeah. That, that means you wouldn't belong. Struggle. You wouldn't belong anywhere around that time. Yeah. But, you know, this song, I love the message of it because it's like, you know, the less that we go to God, the less we seek our source for some definitive, the closer we really are to find. You know, it's when, it's when we, like, keep pushing at God and saying, I need an answer. I need you to show me what I'm supposed to be doing. I need to know that we're really the furthest off track and that we're the most in turmoil. But when we, when we stop that... You know, when we just like sort of realize that it's that it, it's not about searching for the answers. It's about just being, you know, the closer we really are to being okay with ourselves and being comfortable in our own skin. And, and you know, they have a lot of songs that I like. I mean, there were like a bunch of their songs that I thought about doing. You know, Hammer and Nail is one that we don't have to do it, but it's one that's basically about getting out of your head and mm. doing instead of just like thinking, you know, get a hammer mm. and nail and actually start doing. And there's one that, oh my gosh, see, I can't remember what the, um, the title of it is, but uh, basically it's about being outcasts, you know, being on the outside looking in. Um, and it's the, the story is that they're looking into a restaurant, you know, and it's like it's a fancy restaurant, but they're not like welcome there. And it's, so it's very much the sense of what it feels like to be on the outside looking in. And okay, how much think, yeah. You know, we as a church have failed big time in terms of how much we eliminate people from the equation. Yeah. Um, and, 
and you know, I when I went into the ministry, it was early 90s when I first started working in religious setting, you know, in the uh, Wesley Foundation. Um, and so, you know, that's almost 30 years. And in that entire time, and even 10 years prior to that, the big debate within the Methodist church is whether or not essentially whether or not God loves gay people and it's the Mm -hmm. stupidest freaking thing I mean it's like are you that idiotic wasn't there was just a pretty disappointing vote on that wasn't there yeah there was and you know I mean that's one of the reasons I say you know I'm still a minister but I don't mind the fact that I'm not working in a church right now because it's like you went the wrong way and this is the problem with what sort of decided not to read the Greek I know mm-hmm. exactly. Get you know them what? to the Greek is what I'm saying. And, and Absolutely. This is, this is the thing. You go back to the Greek and it's really, you know, you look at how the word for homosexuality is really closer to pedophilia is what it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And the tradition was that, um, you know, women, the sexual sexuality was for men and men only, you know? Um, and so, an older man would take a young boy and train him up in the ways of sex and sexual pleasure wasn't even something that women were supposed to have. That's why there's a point in Ephesians essentially where Paul is talking to husbands and saying, look, you need to give your wife an orgasm <laughs> essentially is Incredible. what he's saying. <laughs> we don't teach Fellas. it that way. But Paul's God, out here going, Fellas. <laughs> You know, I said that in a room full of women one time and it was just like, they were like, oh, that's so awesome. And, you know, because we we think, you know, it's like, do we really think God created a clitoris to never be used? He didn't, you know, I mean, that's, that's, that's the reality of it. But Paul was so horrified by how women were treated in Mm -hmm. Greek culture because you know, the Jewish women were very happy. <laughs> and, uh-huh. You know, there, there was more of an equality and a partnership that was there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I think, I don't know. Um, I, don't, I think he's kind of on the right track. He's, he's yeah, he seems yeah. barking up the right tree with all this yeah. stuff. It sounds and, like, you know, um, Dan always likes to say when, like, when you look at Paul and people talk about the sex stuff, he talks about things we, sh- Paul talks about things we shouldn't eat like mm-hmm. <laughs> three times as much as he talks about the sex stuff. And so, uh-huh. you know, about if, things we should. If you really want to start creating borders of like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> Imagine that sermon. <laughs> Fellas. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Let's talk technique. You know, I bet they cut that out. I bet it's in one of the cool books that they cut out. It is. Yeah, I bet that's a deleted scene. It's a deleted scene. Dr. Ruth has a great book um, where she talks about all the... I know her between the lions. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so it's... (laughs) You know, and she like goes back to the Bible and finds all the, the like sex stuff to, to really highlight. It's like one of the most wonderful parts of life. Why are we leaving it out? It's 
messed Not up. Close to it. Uh, anyway. People are scared to talk about it, you know? They are. And, you know, it's, it's sad. Um, yeah. Because sex is glorious and it's enjoyable and it's a whole hell of a lot of fun. And, and you know, um, and it's, it's something that God created, you know? And if you've ever seen- He invented it. Yeah, you know? Um, I, you know, I'm a, I don't think God created anything in eight literal days. Um, I believe in evolution. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, you know, the thing is that, you know, when the first thing is let there be light. And for me, that kind of goes right along with the big bang. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like the whole, like, I think if the people who wrote Genesis heard how it's taught now, in some places, they would be like, what are you guys <laughs> talking about? Um, because it was never meant to be a literal history. It's a poem. I feel it's like I've seen this on... story that's supposed to teach us lessons. You know, like and I've the seen... whole nature that's... of one flesh mm-hmm. is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing this, like, bumper sticker, uh, you know, real high-level discourse on a bumper sticker of a car, but the... <laughs> The it said my big bang theory. God spoke and then bang, it happened. <laughs> oh. Which kind of makes me go, okay, you can believe that. <laughs> it, <laughs> like it sounds yes. like we both agree that there was a big bang. <laughs> yeah. 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 Over what period of time, I guess, is the question that I have yeah. for that person, but I don't want to hear their answer. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, there was one year in confirmation that I was shocked because they were like, one of the kids was like, were dinosaurs real? And I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, that's not something that like, was they just buried bones in the ground to test our faith? Yeah, like, that's my favorite no, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The devil got no. out there. He got no, out there with a shovel and some <laughs> fake bones. Yeah. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for some bones to bury. (laughs) To bury, yeah. Right. (laughs) He incepted a bunch of bones into the ground. Yes. (laughs) Like Ezekiel. The fuck up. I forgot that was on the soundboard. (laughs) Uh, We gotta get to the next song. Let's hear another tune. The next song is uh, Man in Black um, by Johnny Cash. Um, here then, comes the man in black. Yeah, I think I know it. That's it, right there. <laughs> well, uh, you wonder why I always dress in black. I do wonder why that, actually. You see bright colors on my back. And why does my appearance seem to have a somber tone well there's a reason for the things that i have on i wear the black for the poor and the beaten down living in the hopeless hungry side of town I wear yeah this is cool yeah this is good yes. yeah this is good but is there because he's a victim of the time 
This is one of those songs where people are going to go like, oh, you haven't heard this? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> of course I've never heard this. Yeah. I've only heard this song is from Veggie Tales and Fraggle Rock. We've established this. <laughs> <laughs> you have a wide repertoire there. Yeah, I've heard this stuff from that. I've heard Rush. Those all go together well. Mm-hmm. For the reckless ones whose bad trip left them cold I wear the blackened morning for the lives that could have been Each week we lose a hundred fine young men Damn. Damn. Yes. You know, a lot of people who know me know that I wear a lot of black, and this is kind of awkward, oh, but this is oh exactly the same reason why I wear <laughs> it a lot. Uh-huh. That's crazy that me and uh, Johnny kind Johnny of are simpatico are right on that. Totally simpatico there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, we're drift compatible, me and Johnny. That is really funny. I could say this about anything. <laughs> say it about something. Alex, why do you, uh, Alex, why do you eat so much tuna all the time? So much Alex, canned tuna that you have to look it up. <laughs> how much you're allowed to eat in a week? Alex, how, I'll, I'll do this for you. You don't have to yeah, do it yeah. for yourself. Alex, how come you eat so much tuna all the time to the point where you have to Google how much tuna is okay to eat in a week? I sort of do it for the downtrodden. Uh, I do it for the people in poverty, and I do it for the uh, the single mothers, and I do it for uh, uh, the people who had a bad trip and the people who had a bad trip and left them cold. And like and you I come do down, it, yeah, yeah. I do it for orphans, it. and I do it for veterans, and I do it for um, the widows of the our boys who have died overseas. Mm-hmm. That's why I ate all that tuna. <laughs> it's a real sacrifice, man. Yeah, Alex, Thank you I don't, so I don't much, tell I you enough that you're a hero. You Thank are. you so much. For consuming, <laughs> for consuming the canned fish. I was fish. like, that man is <laughs> a hero. Two cans of tuna a week. Uh, <laughs> and five loaves of bread, and that's a Bible story, baby. <laughs> that is. You're in front of 5,000 starving people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we have another another tune yeah the last one is um oh wait i gotta get it it's from the one from david crowder band how he loves so this one actually is a christian band i was like mm -hmm. oh, i can oh, do one there it is right at christian. the top dcb yeah. and the boys yeah, it's dave crathew's band <laughs> dave Crath <laughs> this one's of course a classic it's a classic. We all love it. In worship. Mm hmm. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am. I wonder if anybody does a good David Crowder impression. Actually, I have a friend that does a great one. Really? Yeah, my friend John Cunningham. He's like, he does a great one. 
That's great. That's pretty good. Glory. And And on, Alex. I will sink in for me. This is, uh, I might need help with this take. This is the House of the Rising Sun of Christian praise and worship music. Okay. I would go with that, yeah. I can definitely see that. Okay, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need two sentences (laughs) justifying that. (laughs) Same time signature. Okay. Uh, I got okay wait. Sentences. It is the same time signature as House of the Rising Sun, and it is to carry some some like a uh, same sort of level of emotional release. Yes. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Build up and then you just it like explodes. Yeah. Yeah. This is a worship song with a drop. Yes. That's say. true. This is that line right there. I am unaware of thinking about this this morning uh jesus came down he said love your neighbor and the church immediately set about legislating who is and is not your neighbor exactly wow i I love yeah and i love that when you look at the night that jesus died in in the gospel of john when he goes through all these teachings he says one command i give to you a new command love one another as i have loved you and so all of this like BS that we do all the time, um, you know, about who's living right, who isn't living right, what do you need to do in order to be a Christian, what, what, 
Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, if we just, if we followed that one thing and we just mm-hmm. love one another as Jesus loved us, you know, I mean, and that means to just be willing to like sacrifice everything for another person. Yeah. If we did that, that's it. You don't have to worry about anything else that's there. Yeah, everything else kind of if works itself out. All the Ten yeah. Commandments fall into place, everything else falls into place. Yeah. Um, but we, tr- we make it so complicated. And I think we make so much of the Bible, we interact with the Bible as if it's written to each of us as an individual. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start from the place of what does the Bible have to say to me? You're right. already off track. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you say me, you're, you're doing like consumer Christianity a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. God, there's so much of that out there. Well, you yeah. Know, and working in the church, there was a whole bunch of focus on, you know, how can we sell ourselves mm-hmm. so that people will come to church, you know? And it's like, oh, my dear God in heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not the point. Right. I agree. It's um, not a multi-level marketing scheme. It isn't. But you mm-hmm. know what the biggest crap out there is a Mm. lot of the churches that operate like multi-level marketing schemes are very successful and have tons of people in the pews because that's what people want yeah people want people want something that looks like a business because that's people understand things when they look like businesses business is america's religion it's the thing you're taught in school exactly money yeah that's true Um, If, if you have to interact with something spiritually it gets scary Mm-hmm. You don't want to do it. Yeah. And people, I hate it when people are like, well, I didn't like worship today. I didn't like the songs we sang and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, it's not... you look at him and go, did you think we were worshiping you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. I didn't like the songs. Okay. I'm getting hit with that 10 minute warning from zoom again. So okay. let's, let's take this opportunity to uh, say, say a few things to get on out of here. Huh? Sounds good. All right. All right. Uh, Suzanne, thank you so much for being on the thank show. Thank you so much for being on the was, show. This uh, has been a really good episode. It was uh, yeah, a pleasure. Thank um, you guys for having me. Of course. Uh, do you have anything that you want to, uh, anything you want to plug or, or boost or anything? Well, um, I will say like, in the last couple of years, like how God has been calling me is really to um, help people with like creative problem solving. Mm -hmm. And so I have my own little venture that's out there um, that's Wade Innovation. Um, And so uh, I like to help people kind of uh, figure out how our brains work um, Mm -hmm. and and how we can uh, think things through a little better. Um, And I think that for me, it, it ties in with my faith a lot because when you talk about um, made in the image of God, Imago Dei, um, mm-hmm. image and imagination have the same root word. Mm. And so I think that mm-hmm. um, how we are most like God is our ability to be creative and to think things through 
Um, I like that. In, yeah. Like an ima imaginative in new ways. And so um, you can find me on Facebook at Wade Innovation, also on Instagram, uh, Wade Innovation. Um, I also have my personal pages. Um, I <laughs> preach a lot on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Suzanne Statham Wade and then um, my Instagram is at Wade Suzanne. So you can find me in any of those places. Um, I do have a Twitter, um, but I don't do it much. <laughs> oh, okay. sure, sure. You know, I'm, I'm not quite there. Um, Everybody's got to pick one to be really good at, you know. Yeah. I understand, yeah. Well, Facebook yeah. is the one that, like, I'm probably the, the best at. Um, sure. And, and so, because I like to pontificate. <laughs> I gotcha. Yeah. But in ways that are, like, more, like, blow things open. Um, right. You know, mm -hmm. Obliterate the patriarchy kind of ways. Uh, nice. So. Nice. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> So that's well, kind of where you can yeah. like find me. Well, and we, I will say if anybody knows anyone who has a brain tumor, has been diagnosed with one, please reach out to me um, because I'm always, that's one of the things I'm always willing to be there for people whether got it. and kind of walk through that journey. So. Great. Awesome. Good to know. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll send them your way if, if they hear it, you know, if we, if we hear anything for sure. Uh, and well, me and the listeners and have a lot of places to check you out. And I encourage listeners to do so. Uh, mm -hmm. Let's, let's do some show plugs real quick. Well, yep. uh, we're on Twitter at the praise. We're, Down. we're at Instagram or we're at Instagram on the praise down. We're at Instagram we're on the on praise Inst down. On Instagram at the praise <laughs> down. With the yes. praise down. And <clears throat> we're, um, and if you click on that pinned tweet, you can join the Discord server. Where Please people, join the Discord server. Where, where, where people that listen to the podcast or people who've been on the podcast are, are hanging out during the quarantine, keeping each other sane, coming up with uh, fun projects, or maybe just playing a little bit of the old game. Yeah. Gaming. We uh, do a lot of gaming in there. It's the number one way to be friends with us is to join the Discord. <laughs> I agree. Uh, so you can go to the pinned tweet and on our, on our pr Twitter profile at the praise down, click on the URL inside to join our discord. And we're also available on SoundCloud, Stitcher, freemium, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. So we're, we're at basically every place. And I think, oh, and then on a personal note, you can find me on Twitter at wise himbo. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sirius Sanchez. Let's say some quick thank yous, Alex. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being the the good, good co-host that I that I have come to know and love. Thank you, Heath, for being a perfect co-host that I could not uh, have made it without. Don't mention it, uh, Suzanne. Thank you again for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much, Suzanne. Thank you to Jarvix for our intro song. Thank you to Cameron Brewer for our outro, Holy Ghost Riding the Whip. Thank you to Molly Devine for the Talk in the Walk stinger. Thank you to Wampus Reynolds for the Toon Talk Stinger. And the what's the last thing to do but do the thing that we always do, say the thing we always say. Our famous the, catchphrase. It's the our, same every episode. And it's and it's uh, uh it's uh 
uh, bra- brain tumor. God damn it. I, I hardly know it. Everybody say bye. Everybody say bye. Wow.